You are Locked On Mavericks, your daily podcast on the Dallas Mavericks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is going to be huge. 360 in the contract, never that. I just take the contact, I'll bring it back. I'm running on the fast break, behind the back. Yeah, this, that, this, that, this, that. Dirk with the back. Welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member at MavsMoneyBall.com, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, writer at Mavs.com, and hurricane reliever. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? What up, what up? Man, it feels so good to be back. Which is hilarious, because everybody heard like four podcasts from you this week, and so no one knew you were gone, but I knew you were gone. I knew. That is pretty wild that a lot of y'all heard my voice when I didn't talk into mike all last week um <laughs> even yes. though we did a whole bunch the week before and just doubled it up so yeah I, i've been out the whole week i've been down in houston texas doing flood relief for hurricane harvey and uh was on a mission trip with a church here in dallas and stuff and, and you were using a lot that of money fun. That, that money that jj watt raised right yeah super cool so when jj watt raised all that money it was like 30 something million or whatever you know he he um took that money and kind of broke it down and gave it to different organizations well he gave like eight million dollars of it to this uh, organization called sbp and sbp goes into these cities and helps helps (laughs) b oh sorry yeah yeah, um so anyway uh (laughs) one of our sites that the site that i was leading a group on because uh, our church had 14 different sites. And so my site, um, we had SBP workers there with us, helping us and our, our students, different stuff. And I asked him, I was like, hey, man, you know, is any of this coming from J.J. Watt's money? He's like, actually, I can pull up the email right now, and it tells me where the direct funding for this house right here. And he pulls it up, and he shows it to me, and it comes, you know, it says J.J. Watt Foundation. Yes. And he said, and it says the percentage. It said 100%. He's like, yeah, so 100% of that goes to this house and this woman she is hispanic mexico came from mexico and her house was almost destroyed there was like four or five feet of water in it and all this stuff but it was awesome awesome week um got to preach down there too and uh so i tweeted out uh I used a Rick Carlisle story in one of my sermons. Yeah, I was interested in this. I want to know. Never that. thought in a million years that this would happen, but the theme for our week uh, was called reset and like just resetting your life, <laughs> resetting different. And yes. I used the whole yes. story about the button <laughs> that Carlisle drew a circle on his clipboard that had a reset button Gosh. and had Seth Curry push the button and said, reset everything. Let's forget about what happened, how you started the game. Let's reset it all and come back a new person or a new team. So I actually did that, and I had I, I put two different uh, fake reset buttons in each ends of the auditorium, and I had every person in there uh, get up and go hit the reset button as an action for something in their life uh, that they were going to reset. So that was uh, that was kind of funny that I implemented that. But real quick before we get into mass talk. We had a, we had small groups throughout the week, and I met my first uh, I met my group of guys that I was leading this small group. Sat down, I kind of told them about myself. As I'm telling them about myself, all right, this one kid looks at me and says, "Oh my gosh, you're Isaac Harris, the Mavs guy. <laughs> I've followed you on Twitter 
for so long in like the podcast and like I read your stories and everything and I just put two and two together that you're the same guy that I have followed you're like and Donald read. Glover, Childish Gambino. <laughs> oh, it's still funny. It was a fun, and I, literally I looked at him and I go, "Boy, you pulling my leg, man. Don't play with me like that." He goes, "I'm serious, dude. I've read your stuff for so long. Like I followed you on Twitter for so long. I know you are." And and it was like this light bulb moment for him and like for me. And it was just it was kind of funny. You're like, you really know me? You listen to the podcast? All right, how high am I on Jaron Jackson Jr.? (laughs) (laughs) What did I shoot in my backyard? (laughs) If you're you're day one. Yeah, only the day ones will know. Oh, man, that's so funny. (laughs) So anyway, but yeah, long story short, is it good? I took a lot of break off Twitter, so I'm sorry if I haven't responded to random people writing stuff. If... If anything, take breaks from social media, man. It helps so much. I know Nick did it a while back. And just, I checked it at night before I go to sleep just to make sure I hit the major storylines like Kawhi. Like, that was that crazy to me when all that happened. But uh, it was just a good, refreshing, just getting away from a few weeks ago. I was literally watching like three hours a day on Synergy of film. And I was always on Twitter and it just like overwhelmed me for a while. And now this past week was a good break. So now I'm back in the groove, though, and I'm ex- this week's going to be absolutely insane. We're in. We're so locked into this week, and we're so excited. This is the best leading up to the draft, and then the time between the draft and free agency is just one of the most fun times in the NBA. I, I almost enjoy this more than games, and especially when the Mavericks are this bad, I do enjoy this more than games. <laughs> yeah, for, for sure. real. I mean, these next three to four weeks – the week of the draft on through like two weeks in the free agency. Yeah. I mean, it's literally the funnest time of for almost everybody would agree. It's the most entertaining part because a lot of people didn't enjoy the playoffs or the yeah. finals or any of that. So it's the yeah. most fun for everybody except for Woj. <laughs> Woj <laughs> does not sleep for days. This is where he makes his money though. Yeah. Yeah. This is, this is why, this is why ESPN brought him in and gave him the big bucks. Heck yeah! Hopefully, Shams steals some glory though. I'm I'm so excited for either what is it? Uh, uh, Def Pen Def Pen Hoops that does like the uh, the rankings of who got the most scoops. Like they give like a point for each person and see what yeah. it is. They did it at the trade deadline, I think. I think it was them. I'm not sure. So today we are getting into all of the draft stuff. We're doing a whole draft roundup. We haven't done any draft news because of all of our uh, pre-recorded. Draft profiles. We're done with all of those. We've done all our profiles. If you missed any of our draft profiles, go back. We did everybody in the top ten. I think. I think we we did pretty much everybody except for Trey Young and Colin Sexton. Um, we did Aiton. We did Doncic. We did Bamba. We did Jaron Jackson. We did Miles Bridges. Mikhail Bridges. We did Wendell Carter. I mean, we did everybody. So go back, check those. Go back in the archives, check that. Some really good stuff. Got some good feedback. So thanks everybody on that. And uh, today we're getting into everything. Isaac, I wanted to start with this though. I feel like the only known in the draft. I wasn't going to take wait- a, no. I wasn't going to take a break. <laughs> I was waiting for the last ad that we did. No, no, that was that was a one off. That was a one time. Uh, <laughs> you loved that ad so much. Have you ever taken Blue Chew? <laughs> I, the only known I feel like in the draft right now is I feel like DeAndre Ayton's going to go number one. He only worked out with Phoenix. He said he's going to go number one. It feels like a done deal. True or false, the only known is DeAndre Ayton going to the Phoenix Suns. Very true. Yes, that that is going to happen. And, yes, I agree. That's the only, uh, I feel like that's the only one. <laughs> only known factor 
um, from everything, even though like Bagley and Bob, I thought it was interesting that here we had the Aiden like workout and all those quotes and everything. And then like two days later, Bagley comes in and he has his press conference with Phoenix and says, I'm, I should be the number one pick. And then Bamba works out for Phoenix. And it's just kind of like a, it was kind of funny that <laughs> they brought them in also, but yeah, I mean, Aiden should be uh number one on draft night. Yeah. It would be, Pretty crazy if anything else happened. Uh, if they traded, which they've suggested that there, there's a report that they have reached out about the number one pick for Kawhi, that that'd be just wild. Like, can you imagine if that? <laughs> oh man, that would just throw everything off, and it would be hilarious, and it would just be so entertaining on draft night. But and then San Antonio would get Luca, and Mavs <sighs> fans would cry for the next rolls eyes. Years. Ugh, that'd be so bad. <laughs> uh no, I don't want. I don't want to think about it. No. If they get Luca, uh, Kawhi just isn't going to stay. But if they get Luca and then, so they trade Kawhi, they get the number one pick. They'd have to get another player with that too, right? They'd have to get something else. Yeah, I mean something else. But I mean, you're getting the number one pick. I mean, that's a yeah. It's it pretty big, but in this draft, it's not like, like yeah, it's not like Anthony Davis or something. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, that probably have to be something attached to it, but still. Coming up next, Isaac and I will tell you. What is going on with Michael Porter Jr.? We will definitively give our would we draft him, would we not draft him opinion. Oh, gosh. Coming up next. All right. Yeah, Michael Porter Jr. had one of the craziest weeks. Uh, I guess what? week. I guess weekend because he was supposed to have a workout on Friday. He ended up canceling it because he had a hip problem. Uh, it got cleared. He had an MRI by a doctor. He was cleared to do that. And now he's he had you know, a workout again. The Mavericks had a sit down meeting with him and his family and his agent. Uh, he's just he's talking to all these teams, and his PR team is doing wonders right now. Mark Bartlestein, Bartlestein, yeah, and Bartlestein, wow, earn your money. Yeah, boy. that dude, that dude's doing some work right now. That's uh, Michael Porter's agent, and yeah, I talked to my dad yesterday, and I was kind of, we were just talking about everything in the week, and he was like, man, draft week, this is a big week for you, you know, you guys and stuff. He said, what did you miss last week? And I was like, well, last week was pretty much Michael Porter Jr. week. Yeah. Because it felt like, I mean, it felt like, you know, it was like Tuesday or Wednesday, people were already starting to talk, like all the big, you know big medical days coming up on Friday and then like Wednesday or Thursday happened and it got canceled. And then like the next day it came out and it was like, Whoop, no, it's back on again. And at first, like for like 24 hours, it was all, he canceled it because he got a promise from somebody. Yeah. And then like Shams tweets and was, you know, it's like this, no, actually it was a hip thing. Well then it's like, well crap. He already has a back problem. Yeah. Now it's a hip thing. And it's what the heck is going on? And it feels like there's so much. It feels like, you know, Mark Bartlestein is um, Geppetto. <laughs> and he's just pulling the strings. And we're all just sitting there like watching a puppet move. Geppetto's like, the guy that made Pinocchio, by the way. Yeah. And we're like watching Pinocchio. And we're like watching this whole thing of like, all right, well, that's is that real? Is that real? Is that real? And we're just trying to, like, right now, everyone, I feel like, is just trying to sort through what all is real with the Michael Porter Jr. stuff right now. How, from the reports that Sacramento loves him, to he could drop, to is the hip thing a real thing? Is it not? How bad is the back? How His situation is absolutely insane right now. It's, it's wild. It, just, it doesn't make any sense to me. 
Um, what was your take on it when you? Because I have a, a firm opinion on after I read the Gavoni thing that came out about his, you know, the hip injury and all that stuff and him getting cleared. Like after all that, what was your take on it? So the, the hip injury that gave me great pause because to me that's just okay. Well, this guy's going to be just injury after injury. He's going to be one of the great what ifs in the NBA. You know, he's going to be like the next Greg Oden kind of deal. Then I read. Uh, ben Falk from Cleaning the Glass. I read his whole breakdown of Michael Porter Jr. and just watching him in his game, and I was like, "No, I'm good." <laughs> like, like I just I don't even know if I would pick him as a player. I just think he's got because some... he doesn't do a ton else besides score. Yeah, he's just got some. He's got some holes. Like it's exciting the things that he does. The way that he can he can dribble the ball and score and pull up fluidly for his size yeah. is, is incredible, but you're just not getting a lot else from him. You're not getting a lot of vision. You're not getting really any passing. He's, you know, he's kind of a, a I don't know if he's a black hole. I don't know if I would put him as that, but he just, he likes to score. <laughs> he's going to score. He's going to get his points. I feel like he's Carmelo. Yeah. And that's okay. So when I read it, there was one sentence in that Gavoni piece about Porter that I immediately was like, all right, there's a hidden agenda around all of this. And it was the sentence that said his hip was so like bad that he couldn't get up out of bed the next morning. Yeah, I'm out. All right, listen. No, here's the thing. That's not getting out without a purpose because that immediately to everyone is a red flag of like, holy crap. Like he already has a back problem. To me, that screams his agent telling Gavoni that of, and they want to scare somebody off. Yeah. Sacramento. Just if, <laughs> yeah, if you want to poke around what strings or whatever, to me that is Sacramento was falling in love with him, and they needed a line, and they needed a sentence that scares the crap out of you. And the fact that a prospect with this back injury can't get out of bed because of an injury. I yeah. mean, that's really drastic, okay? And like that, that just doesn't get out from an agent if it is not purposely there. And because there's only so many people that know that he can't get out of bed. Right. (laughs) So like that's the, and so that to me, that's what that was of, okay, we don't really want to go to Sacramento, you know, or it just feels like to me, he wants to go to Chicago to me. It it makes it feel like he's trying to scare everybody off. I feel like he's eventually going to go to to Memphis, but I think, I think he, he wants to go to Chicago. I think he would want to come to Dallas. I really do. I mean, besides the doctor connection, you're coming to a franchise that, you know, Dirk is, it's most likely his last year. They have a young guy in Dennis and however you think of Harrison Barnes, but like he's going to have star appeal and that to fan bases. I get that because I mean, he's, he walks the walk. He looks, you know, he does his thing. Like he wants to, you know, he's got the swagger. He is 6'10 and it's going to come into the league. And if he's healthy, he could probably, you know, put up 18 to 20 in, you know, year two a game. And that's going to like draw year people one. in. Yeah. And like, and people are going to love that. And if you need the alpha dog type of score, he's the like home run swing you swing for. But yeah, but that <laughs> he, so like Dallas, like I could see him like wanting to go to Dallas. Like I could see that for sure. Um, but like some of the other teams, like I think I read, I think I saw where Woj said on Sports Center or the podcast or something when I was gone about how like Memphis is having like big time problems of getting 
people to come in for a workout and people to like work out yeah. for him. People yeah, to this like, was on the this was on the Woj pod. He didn't say any player specifically, but he said they're having a hard time getting players' information. And a lot of their talk in that podcast was about Doncic, and we'll talk about Doncic for sure a little bit later and the Mavs potential for him. But to me, that said that Doncic doesn't want to go to Memphis, <laughs> but it could also be Porter Jr. His medicals are the biggest of any of any one player. Because I mean, unless they're like Dallas, which is even Dallas. I mean, it leaks out here and there who who they've worked out. But like, unless I've missed a lot, which I did miss a lot last week, I haven't seen a ton of stuff about who Memphis has worked out. I've seen Wendell Carter Jr. work out for them. Well, and it's I, it's funny you say that because uh, the Grizzlies were at Michael Porter Jr.'s first workout, okay. and uh, Chris Wallace, the <laughs> Grizzlies GM, came out and said. Uh, Grizzlies Wallace on Porter as Grizzlies ponder the number four options of the number four pick. It's part one, and he showed he was alive, well, and moving. He passed the first test. <laughs> Thanks, Chris Wallace. The first, the first test was that he was alive and moving, <laughs> which to me is just hilarious. Such a great quote. Um, yeah, that. So yeah, yeah. I I, I don't know. It's there's just so much there's so much smokescreen right now. Who knows? The Sacramento interest could be a smokescreen. The Memphis interest could be a smokescreen. What I what do get- what I do know is you look at this Bartlesine guy. You want to know some of the guys he's represented? Oh, listen to some listen to some of these guys and like this is a really good agent. <laughs> Gordon Hayward, which makes sense. That's his max guy. Bradley Beal, okay. he got him that big deal when he was injured. Yeah. And his Cantor got him that huge deal. Tim Hardaway Jr. Damari wow. Carroll, Mason Plumley, uh, Taj Gibson, James Johnson, Miles Plumley. Some of those dudes did not deserve those contracts. So, if anybody could get Michael Porter Jr. drafted higher than his stock, it's probably this guy. He's yeah, pulling all the levers. But what does what make I understand the problems with Sacramento for sure. But like for his game and like who he is and that roster, he would fit perfectly there. Yeah, you think like, so. They have a young like point guard. They have this. They need an alpha dog. They need a star. They need a and like score. De'Aaron Fox didn't like. I mean, he's he was fine his first year. You know, it's not like he yeah. went there and flamed out. It's not like he blew up. I mean, it's it's a bad situation, but I don't know if it's you know it's not hell. <laughs> yeah. So like you wonder like what. And so they're obviously controlling their cards, and yeah. we've talked about this a long time. How he's going to have so much control. You just wonder, like, what they want. Do they want a situation like Atlanta to where he can come in and be, like, everything through him? Do they want, you know, do they value structure organization-wise with, like, you know, somebody like Dallas? Or do they care about, you know, just um, him staying home with Chicago? And, like, I just view kind of Chicago the same way as Dallas. I kind of lumped them together as, like, they both have, like, they have marketing. We have Dennis, you know. Yeah, they we have, have looming Bar- Michael Jordan. We have looming Dirk. <laughs> like you know, we have D- Dirk in his last year, but like I mean, I understand we have Barnes, and they don't really have a Barnes. But like they, we both have these like young, you know, cornerstone building pieces, and I just I wonder their play for Chicago. Like that's just it's the marketing Porter fit is weird to me because I think Porter's a four, but yeah. I also think marketing's a four. So I, I mean, if I'm them, I'm. I'm pushing it. I'm all my cards to try to get to New York because he fits. Yeah. He like he would love the limelight of New York. He would give them their new Carmelo, 
and he I think he would fit nicely alongside Porzingis. The Knicks were supposed to go to his second workout, the one that he ended up canceling and then redid. They were supposed to go to that one, and there's been talks that they might draft up, um, or not draft up, trade up to get to get you know Porter Jr. Which yeah. you know just a rumor or whatever. But so Isaac, my wife and I have been watching this show. It's called uh, Nick. Remember the last time you talked about a show? No, you, no, I, I can't spoil this one. We haven't finished it yet. Okay, uh, we've been watching this show, and nobody's watched it for sure. It's called Curse of Oak Island. I've seen that. It's on History Channel. I'm just kidding. No. It's on History Channel, and it's these guys that go to this island that apparently has like buried treasure on it, and they try to find it. Like, there's all these mm. issues and complications and stuff. People have tried for over 200 years. Six people have died trying to do it. All this stuff. This Dang. is really interesting. Really interesting mystery. But the way the show is set up, it's set up for TV, so they re-explain everything all the time, and then they yeah. ask the same questions all the time. Could this be? Could this be the final place where they find the Holy Grail? Could it be the place where they find the Ark of the Covenant? Could it be the place? And they just repeat the same questions over and over again. And they learn some new information here and there, but most of the time, the same big questions are still the big questions. And I feel like that's exactly where we are with Porter Jr. and with most of these guys. All the big questions are still the big questions. We have learned nothing from all these workouts. Uh, Chris Vernon made a good point on the Ringer NBA show recently where he said, you know what, it's hard. You're hard-pressed to find somebody that will say something negative about a guy in a workout. <laughs> yeah. It's true. You just never hear anything negative about a workout. And if we don't hear stuff about a workout, maybe we should put more stock into that than when we hear just good stuff from somebody in a workout. But so I think these all these big questions are the same. Porter Jr. still question, big questions are the same. I don't think we've learned very much at all. <laughs> no, and you know, I tweeted this out a few days ago, but like his connection with Dallas, it's 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 just pretty simple for me. If Dallas takes him, I trust Casey Smith and them enough to where they are. If they're picking him this high at pick five, they are very very confident in his health. And I trust them enough that they're some of the best in the business that if we do take him, then okay, I'm okay. Like I'm okay with the health because they're okay with the health. Yeah. Then you start looking at basketball stuff. Yeah. 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 If, the, if, if they pick him, then I'm going to believe the same thing as you, that, that, that the health has been cleared. And then you start trying to figure out basketball things. And while I think he's a flawed prospect, he is a dang good scorer. And he is going to score on the next level. He's going to score a lot. And that's something this team does need. And so he's not my first guy that I would take. But, you know, it's something I could definitely be talked into. <laughs> you know, like eventually, yeah. eventually this all ends. On Thursday, this all ends with all of us, every single oh, person, sorry. I don't care who you are, talking yourself into the player that the Mavs draft. It, that's what always happens. And they're going to be the steal of the draft, guys. I mean, it has it has to be. It's going to be, <laughs> especially if it's Luka Doncic. And that's a great way to segue into our next guy. But let's talk about Luka Doncic right after, right after this. Luka Doncic, Isaac. Why does Luka Doncic seem like he's in a free fall right now? Feels like he's he was going to be number one. Feels like he's going to be the number one. Everybody had him in the top tier. Everybody had him at Aiton as in the top tier by themselves. And now all of a sudden, Woj and Mike Schmitz are on his podcast saying that there's a very real chance that the Mavericks have a chance to draft Luka Doncic at number five without even moving up. Okay. First off, if he's there at five, if y'all thought the war room was excited for Dennis last year (laughs) at nine, 
and Donnie and them saying that they erupted and everything, there's going to be a freaking victory parade through <laughs> Victory Park and through downtown if Luke is there at five, okay? Because Dallas loves him. And if, yeah, if he's there at five, it's just, it's the quickest submitted pick in NBA history. It's not even like they might, they probably just already told Silver, like, listen, if you announce four and Luke is still on the board and you announce a different player, you might as well just stay up there and announce five. <laughs> like right after Memphis's pick, just go ahead and announce Luca to, to Dallas. But um, just the real question is if he's going to be there. And I just don't think he is. I, I, I think Sacramento takes him at two, to be honest, still. There's that's that'll probably happen. But if you want to look at some of the worst drafting teams at the top and you want to make a case that Luca will be available, and let, let me make this case right now. Okay, so Phoenix, awful drafting team. Terrible. Best pick they ever made was at thirteen when Devin Booker fell to them. Yeah, give me Marquise Chris. Let's go. Marquise Chris they they traded for. They ended up, they drafted Papa Giannis, but they traded it with Sacramento, but they made, they made that pick for them. Yeah. But they, they drafted awfully. Sacramento, we don't have to go over all their stuff. Last relevant player yeah. they drafted, I mean, Tyreek Evans, uh, DeMarcus Cousins, those are guys that people passed on for reasons. Yeah. Atlanta, when's the next last time Atlanta drafted anybody? Somebody will probably come out. I mean, John Collins is a fine player. They just really haven't been up. They haven't been up at the top very often. No. So they're, they, they might go – They'll probably go the safe guy. They seem stuck on Jaron Jackson Jr. The Memphis. Memphis has had some terrible drafts. Memphis took a sheep to beat. Memphis yeah, let's go. <laughs> Memphis has some some issues as well. It's not like these teams are the, the savviest, best drafters. So you start looking at these teams and you're like, hmm, there's a case to be made. There's a case to be made that these yeah, guys could, could, they for could sure. fall in love with some of these teams and there's some of these players that don't deserve to be there and then just take them. Yeah, because, I mean, especially when you start looking at prospects and fit and stuff, like you keep on hearing about Trey Young and Atlanta and like Atlanta liking Trey Young and stuff. I That's cool. And like, well, you're only really hearing that from one account. I don't, I don't know. I saw that from a different account the other day, like a legit account. Okay. And um, like that they liked him. And if they took him at three, I mean, that'd be wild. I don't even know what we would do, but, <laughs> um, but, but anyway, like that situation, like Memphis, you know, in, Porter and Bagley for Memphis. Like if Memphis set back, they're saying three players. They're pretty much Memphis is evaluating three players right now: Luca, Porter, and Bagley. And I mean, that's if you want to group players into who who could go where. Like I could, you know, it's probably those one of those three players will be a Memphis Grizzly on draft night. Then when you, but then you look at like Atlanta, and it's just like, can you justify? If I'm Atlanta and I love Trey Young, then I'm calling Dallas instantly and saying, hey, like, what would you take to move back two spots? Like, what else would you give us? You know, to just move down two spots. But, but like Atlanta needs a center, and like I just don't under like they also need a point guard. And a shooting guard. They need any kind of guard. <laughs> they, yeah, they need they need everything. And I, the only thing I would say is like Porter with them would kind of negate Collins if you care about finding somebody to fit Collins. But they yeah, because them them as a four or five is not great. That's just weird. Yeah, Collins is kind of undersized. But like Bomba Jackson, 
either one of them would fit perfectly with them. I mean, even Luca, but, but yeah, like there's definitely scenarios when you lay it out like that and you're like, man, especially if like Porter, you know, goes into top four, which I don't think he does, uh, or like a Trey Young surprises or something like that. Like that's where it starts getting, it starts getting wild. If you hear one of those names, you're like, holy crap. Like if Sacramento announces their pick on Thursday night and it's not Luca. Mavs fans are going to be like, holy crap. And they're going to start. This is the only thing that really frustrates me about this Luka stuff is I feel like Mavs fans are starting to get a hope now and an expectation that Luka will be there to where whenever Luka does get called before Dallas, then it's going to be like, well, crap, we got Bamba. Or crap, we got Bagley. Or whoever it is. And it's just going to be kind of like a, a disappointment because they were starting to expect Luca to be there at five. And just don't fall into that trap. Don't fall into the expectation. Or believe that- in your heart that it could happen. Believe. Just have fun with it. Put all your hopes and dreams into it. And then if they get a player, eventually you'll have to just talk yourself into it and build yourself and your self-esteem back up. I think there's a better chance Dallas trades up to get Luca. Throw caution Luka, to the wind, Isaac. Before Luca gets to five, but I already been, bought uh, Luca's plane ticket to come to Dallas. I bought it already. I've seen a couple of different things about. I've seen a picture of King's ownership and stuff meeting with Luca over, you know, a few days ago. You know, it was Devoch and Rana, whatever you say, Rodive. Vivek Rana Dive. Yeah, uh, and Rana Dive's son. And different stuff. No, right? no, the the Ronadive's son. I was about to make fun of that story. Vivek Ronadive's son liked a picture. On liked team. a picture that Luca was making the hang loose sign, and apparently that's Vivek's sign that he does. Which pff, so does like all the Hawaiians, right? <laughs> <laughs> now there was a picture circulating a few days ago, and it's Vladi, uh, his son, uh, Vladi Ronadive, and Ronadive's son in the picture with Luca. Now it's just a matter of when that picture was taken. I don't know. I just. I'm just saying I saw it. So I It was taken it. on Thursday in the future. It was draft night. <laughs> um, yeah, On speaking of that, if, if uh, Luca and them close out the championship on Tuesday night, he should be there for the draft on Thursday, which would be pretty cool. Which would be really cool. So it's not a Nilakina kind of situation. But no, I don't I don't think Luca will be there at five. I don't want to be pessimistic about it. I, I just... I'm a believer in Luca, and I don't think four front offices will pass on him. I just, I, I, I think if it is going to be four front offices, it's these four. Front it's offices. those four. <laughs> but no, if you're telling me right now, and I'm sure uh, Nick and I will do a final mock draft before Thursday. Yep. And uh, that's probably the last thing you'll hear from us before the draft. Yes, I will have him at two. I have him at two still right now. I think Sacramento will take him. It'd be sad to see him in Sacramento. It will. It'll All be the nice things we said in Sacramento, I still be sad. <laughs> I hope Bagley goes there. <laughs> yeah, that would be cool. I think. Which that's what Woj and, and Mike Schmitz thought. That's what they were hearing. Very well, could. I mean, anybody can work there. Bomba or Jackson, that'd be crazy. Yeah. Bye, Willie Collystein. Yeah. See ya. He was also drafted sixth, by the way. Yeah, I mean, if you really look at the roster and say who would be the player or the young player in your like starting unit that you would uh, like to replace more, like you would rather replace Willie Cauley Stein than you know Bogdan or Bogdan. Yes, Bogdanovich. Yes, definitely. But uh, 
But I still think Bogdanovich and Luca they could work together. I think you have to figure out what to do with Buddy Hield at that point, but still. So that's the draft roundup, guys. Thanks so much for listening to Locked On Mavs. We got a whole bunch of stuff coming this week. We're very excited. All the rumors. We'll probably talk about the uh, the Locked On draft sometime this week. We haven't done a podcast telling you guys all about that, so we'll get that all talking and uh, explain to you everything we did. We got a good. We got two good players. Let's just put it that way. We did. We got two good players. We bought another pick pretty much. With uh, our own money. We paid somebody with <laughs> real American dollars. We worked those GM phones like they were, I don't even know. <laughs> those GM uh, DMs. It was uh, super fun. But yeah, we got two lottery picks. Uh, sacrificed some 2019 cap, but we got two lottery picks to build. But nobody will remember, so we'll get it back next year. That's very true. <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, keep in touch with us Thursday night. Obviously, it's draft night, big time night, super fun. Nick and I will be at American Airlines Center to we'll record live that night. Yeah. And with everything, Mavs right now have three picks. There's some crazy stuff that could happen. They could buy another pick. They could make some trades. They can move up, move down. There, this draft will be one of the most remembered. Most, I mean. This could be a big turning point in the Mavs franchise. This is a big deal. That yes, Thursday night you can't undersell it at all. Like it is one of the biggest nights in franchise history. It's probably could be the biggest night since the championship in 2011. I mean, probably just, since then, right? Yeah, I mean, as far as like who could drop to them, who you know, whoever they get, that's gonna be the highest draft pick. I mean, unless something goes drastically crazy wrong and they even worse next year you know this is probably the highest draft pick they have in a long time you know hopefully they continue to project upwards um but there's just a lot riding on thursday night with potential trades with just everything with that so they have three draft picks two in the second round some cool stuff through there yeah it's gonna be a fun night and expect a super late pod that night we'll probably be there until like midnight but we might do a periscope though live periscope it live we might we might we just might we might we'll think about it we said that during the lottery too but we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> all right guys thanks so much for listening to lockdown maps peace out boom